0: you are forgiven it is nothing that I did it is nothing that you did it is as we turn to him and remember how much he loves us that we realize that we are indeed a forgiven people amen now you can sit down Madison I'm just kidding you can can stay standing brother (laughs) I had to pick on you um All right. Good morning. My name is Michael. One of the pastors here. Very excited to have you with us on this Sunday morning. If you noticed outside on the West Wing, um, there are a bunch of tables and they are cooking and there are kids, uh, youth everywhere. What they are doing is they are um, having lunch to uh, raise money for their Costa Rican mission trip that they are doing this um, summer. Um, So you see there is $8 for an adult plate, $5 for a child. Children apparently are 10 and under. It is not how you act. It is your age. Um, so we would love and encourage you to go. You can get it to go, or you can eat it outside. It is a beautiful day. So I encourage you to do one of those two things. Um, I just got back from New York city. Thank you. This sounds like a couple people that did that very quietly, but I caught it. I have really big ears. I can hear things. Um, very funny. Um, yes, New York city. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I got to spend a few days with Eugene Peterson, who is the uh, the author or the translator of um, the the book uh, called The Message. Anyone read that version of the Bible, The Message? Um, anybody ever familiar with it, heard of it? Okay, Phoebe, you. um, you've heard it in here before, whether you know it or not. Uh, and it was an amazing um, time for me there, uh, for multiple reasons. Um, one of which was getting to, uh, to listen to some of the songs that our worship team brings us on a weekly basis and walking through the streets of Soho. And then at one point I was on the subway heading uptown um, to see some friends who used to come to New Heights that live there now um, in the same building with A-Rod. I know, I tried to find him and hit him in the throat too. Um, but we're, you know, I'm sitting on the subway and I have my uh, my earphones in uh, and just listening to some of this music and realizing Uh, One, there's a couple of things. Um, The juxtaposition of um, the songs that I was hearing and the life that I was seeing um, in the streets and subways of New York. And then the other thing that was more impressive to me maybe was how blessed we are to have the team that we have um, that that brings us worship um, in the way that they do. Yeah. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, And I'm sure a lot of what I have learned at this conference is going to come out eventually. Um, Today, it it has shaped kind of how I am presenting um, where we find ourselves in the book of Matthew today. You thought we were going to end Matthew. No. Matthew 25 is where we find ourselves. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The interesting thing about this parable is that if you don't know and if you're not familiar with the culture of the time, it seems crazy, and yet we have some of our own wedding uh, rituals, if you will, that we follow today here in this community. For example, if you were to um, go to a wedding at 7:30 p.m. or later, was the start time of that wedding? Men, what do you need to wear? This is a conversation, people. You can talk to me. Come on, a tuxedo. Yeah, it's that's a tux wedding. Anybody ever showed up to a tuxedo wedding not wearing a tuxedo? Yeah, a little awkward, isn't it? You walk around, you're like, uh, uh okay. Yeah, you need to know those things. I am very paranoid about showing up places under or overdressed. Actually, I'd rather be underdressed than over, because let's be honest, I'd rather be more comfortable than not. You show up in the tux and everybody's wearing shorts, you're like... And then there's all this, it's a uh, casual chic, casual, business casual, you know, what? But there's all these different scenarios that you have to figure out in the different events that you go to. Anybody ever been to a wedding that didn't start on time? Yeah, I think most of you could probably raise your hands. I have performed weddings that have not started on time. One of them Um, I'm sitting at my house when we lived um, over on Larkwood and and we're sitting there and we had this little sunroom and we've just sat down to dinner and it was just myself and Grace and Jenna at the time And, and I think it was around this time of year when the oak leaves start falling and we had these significantly large oak trees in our backyard there. Um, The likes of which have never been seen before in the face of the earth. They were prolific little buggers is what I'm saying. I would take 25 bags, huge bags of leaves out of there. And then you sit down for dinner and it was as if it were raining leaves. It was during this time that I'm just so frustrated and I had just done all this stuff and I did not smell pretty that the phone rings. And I answer it. And it's Nance Haney, the wedding coordinator here at the church. She goes, Michael, where are you? Well, Nance, I'm having dinner with my family. Where are you? Still unaware of the fact that there is a wedding awaiting me. Whoops. Yeah. What is it? Five thirty, it was five forty when she calls me. Nance and I had to have a chat. Hey, Nance, if you don't see me by five o'clock, it's 530 wedding, call me, you know, (laughs) like, don't wait till 10 minutes after. I appreciate the fact that you think I know things, but I don't. Um, And so, yeah, I showed up and it was just awkward. But the thing about it is they couldn't start the wedding without me, right? I mean, key player. So the door might have been shut, but I have keys, you know, and came in. But there are these different things, you know, for the most part, we in today's society and world, we know when weddings are going to happen. We know when these celebrations occur, you get an invitation weeks in advance. You see that it will be at this place at this time. The reception will be here immediately following the ceremony. So those of you evil people just go straight to the reception. Those others of you that care about the couple show up at the right time and even early To get the seat, to see the bride, to see the groom's face as they open the doors and he sees his beloved for the first time. It's this amazing event that happens. And yet nowhere do we like bar the doors really. Now see what would have happened during the time that Jesus says this and what the disciples would have been aware of is the custom... That the wedding was not just one day and one night. That it was an event, you know. Couples didn't go on honeymoons. They stayed. They stayed where they were. And people celebrated for a week, for two weeks. Towns would come together and celebrate the union of these people. And the way they they would know when it would happen is what you just heard. You see, the way that a a bridegroom would be engaged to a bride would be something like um, he and his family would go into the home of the girl and they would make a little, the dads would talk and then it would come time for the son to go to the daughter and he would offer her a cup. He would say, this is all that I am and all that I have. Will you be with me? And if the answer was yes, you would take And drink from the cup. And at that point they were engaged. But what would happen then. Is he would go home. And add on a room. To his dad's house for them to live. Maybe the words of John 14 are coming to mind. When Jesus says. In my father's house are many rooms. I'm going home to prepare a place for you. When I am ready I will come. And get you to be with me. Where I am. This imagery of Jesus, the Messiah, being the groom in the church, us being the bride, is throughout Scripture and beautiful. And so, what would happen is the groom would go home to his dad's house and he would build the room, and when it was finished is when it was finished, and when it was finished was when the wedding would start. And so, there would be a great procession, and all the while, the bride has to be ready. And the bridal party has to be ready because they know not when he will come. An interesting thing, about 20 or so years ago, this guy, um, Dr. Alexander Finley, who is a Methodist um, college teacher in Manchester, England, tells of what he himself saw in Palestine. When we were approaching the gates of a Galilean town, he writes, I caught a sight. Of ten maidens, gaily clad and playing some kind of musical instrument as they danced along the road in front of our car. When I asked what they were doing, the interpreter told me that they were going to keep the bride company till her bridegroom arrived. I asked him if there was any chance of seeing the wedding. But he shook his head, saying, in effect, it might be tonight or tomorrow night or in a fortnight's time. Nobody ever knows for certain. Then he went on to explain that one of the great things to do, if you could, at a middle-class wedding in Palestine was to catch the bridal party napping. So the bridegroom comes unexpectedly and sometimes in the middle of the night. It is true that he is required by public opinion to send a man along the street to shout, Behold, the bridegroom is coming! But that may happen at any time. So the bridal party have to be ready to go out into the street at any time to meet him whenever he chooses to come. Other important points are that no one is allowed on the streets after dark without a lighted lamp. And also that when the bridegroom has once arrived and the door has been shut, late comers to the ceremony are not admitted. This is something that happened in the time of Jesus and in some parts of Palestine as early as 20 years ago. It still happens. How cool is that, by the way? How awesome would that have been if throughout the community of Alamo Heights, when um, Jenna and I were married, that there were no invitations sent out because all were invited to this celebration of what God is doing in our lives. And we recognize the fact that it is God doing something in our lives. So when the time was ready, I would go throughout the streets and maybe my brother or maybe Daryl would go out before me. Behold! Here he comes. How awesome would that be? Like, yeah, I have AJ playing some music behind me. And then the celebration begins, and it's not about us. It's about what God is doing. Wow. What a great interpretation of what a wedding should be is. And so there it is. The parable of the virgins. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins, took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of the virgins were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish ones took their lamps, they did not take extra olive oil with them. But the wise ones took flasks of olive oil with their lamps. When the bridegroom was delayed a long time, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. But at midnight, there was a shout. Look! The bridegroom is here. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There won't be enough for you and for us. Go instead of those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they had gone to buy it, the bridegroom arrived and those who were ready went inside with him to the wedding banquet. Then the door was shut. Later, the other virgins came too, saying, Lord, Lord, let us in. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I do not know you. Therefore, stay alert because you do not know the day or the hour. One of the things that Eugene Peterson imparted to us was the importance of immersing yourself in Scripture. The spiritual discipline of being one with the story Of the Lord, because that is what it is. So often we look at it as a textbook, something to dissect and understand when what we should do is be lost in the love story that is God's story. And as he was talking about how the 12 year process occurred for him to write the message, somebody asked him a question How did you do the parables? And Eugene, this old Wise man kind of smiled, and he has, he's got this great smile, and he chuckled and he said, Parables are interesting. So, the word literally means um, parabule, comes from parabule, which means to throw down. So, the parable is a story that is intended to just throw it down out there on the ground and go, What are you going to do with this? A parable in in its truest sense is not meant to be explained. It's meant to be participated in. And so he said, Jesus would throw these stories down and then step back and it is our job to find our place in the story. We don't explain them. We participate in them. God's kingdom is like ten young virgins who took oil lamps and went out to greet the bridegroom. Five were silly and five were smart. The silly virgins took lamps but no extra oil. The smart virgins took jars of oil to feed their lamps. The bridegroom didn't show up when they expected him and they all fell asleep. In the middle of the night, someone yelled out, he's here. The bridegroom is here. Go out and greet him. The ten virgins got up and got their lamps ready. The silly virgins said to the smart ones, Our lamps are going out. Lend us some of your oil. They answered, "There might not be enough to go around. Go buy your own. They did. But while they were out buying oil, the bridegroom arrived. When everyone who was there to greet him had gone into the wedding feast, the door was locked. Much later, the other virgins, the silly ones, showed up and knocked on the door saying, Master, we're here. Let us in. He answered, do I know you? I don't think I know you. So stay alert. You have no idea when he might arrive. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. For the gift of life that you have given us. And we thank you, God, that you come. We thank you that you told us you would come again. And we stand secure in the faith and knowledge of that truth. God, we pray that you would impart to us all you desire us to know. We pray that you would help us to be a part of this story, not just to try and understand it, but to know it. To make it a part of who we are. God, we come to your table this morning. Fully aware of the imagery of bride and bridegroom. Of the cup that you offer us, the cup to be one with you, the cup of life. And so we come with humble hearts to your table and we acknowledge the night that you were betrayed, that you sat with your disciples and you broke the bread and you gave thanks. You said, take, eat all of you. This is my body, which is given for you. After supper was over, you took the cup, the cup of redemption, and you raised it to God and you blessed God for it. You said, take this, drink all of you. This is my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do so, do so in remembrance of me. And so we come in remembrance of you. We come with the knowledge that you have gone to prepare a place for us. And we have the opportunity to accept that gift. I invite forward those who are helping with communion. As the rest of you continue in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this gift that we are about to receive. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would make this be the body and blood of Christ. That we, upon consuming it, would become holy and living sacrifices for your glory and your kingdom. God, we thank you as we proclaim this holy mystery that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. God, we thank you and praise you for this opportunity to be one with you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.